Yes, but my heart was in the right place. We gave him what he wanted. We made him solid. Oh, oh, no. So many naked men. I live in hope. Yes, that's right. What you gonna do when judgment comes for you? And it's come for Odo here on season four, episode 26 of Deep Space Nine. This is Deep Space Nine and Nine ish. I'm your host, Jeff Mater, with this episode, Broken Link. Joined as always by my brother, Dave Mater. Dave, how are you? I'm a bit under the weather, but I'm I'm here to talk Broken Link. I got a bit of a disease. I don't know who gave it to me. Maybe the founders. I can't hold my shape. Well, glad to know you're here. Glad to know you're willing to sit in judgment. Okay, mm -hmm. we have the Millards here. Uh, how are you guys? Are you ready to talk about Odo tonight? Always yeah. ready to talk about Odo. Yes, it's not Waxana, so it's a good, it's okay. Uh, also, last but not well, not actually, we're gonna have a late dropping guest, Davin. But <laughs> I'm not last. But we're not the la second last, but not least, Jamil Robinson, bringing him on in. Are you are you ready to talk about the judgment that came for Odo tonight at the crossroads? Yes, and also Claudio Cleavage as well. Right, and Claudio Cleavage. Okay. Um, this episode's, uh, it's a good finale. It's not a, uh, it's a cliffhangery kind of finale. It's mostly an Odo-focused episode. There is some things about Garrick here. I would say he kind of gets the B-plot, I would say, of, uh, uh, of any ma major character here. Um, but for the most part, it's, it's Odo-focused, and it's all about, yes, he has a disease, as Dave alluded to. And they have to go figure out what's wrong with them and how to fix them is to go into the Gamma Quadrant and find the Dominion so they can cure him in the Great Link. But it's not what it seems. Dave, what do you make of this episode and the premise? Um, uh, okay. Well, like there was my like reaction uh years ago, like when I first saw it. And you know, and it's it's largely the same uh back then where you know, it's a pretty, you you feel sad for Odo, but on the other hand, I know where this is gonna go, and I know he's gonna get it back his changeling abilities again, and things are gonna be okay for Odo more or less. Um, and so um, uh, there was more in this episode that uh, I didn't remember. Uh, there's a lot of Garrick in this episode, a lot of Garrick in this episode. Uh, uh, I don't, I did not remember that fight between him and Worf uh, when he tried to bomb the planet uh, near the end. He got six months, which I, you know, uh, trying to kill everyone for trying to like commit genocide. Yeah. But you know, uh, and uh, you know, Odo says it as much, uh, and, and uh, suicide, to be honest. Right. Six months <laughs> in holding some. Well, if you ask me, Captain Cisco let you off lightly. Sabotage, assaulting a Federation officer, attempting to incite war between the Federation and the Dominion. Yes. Right. But my heart was in the right place. <laughs> well, that, that's an important quote because, you know, I think that kind of represents what Garrick's all about in this episode. That, um, you know, it all has to do. He goes on this mission to figure out what happened to all the Cardassians who were killed uh, or maybe not, maybe taken prisoner by the Dominion on the assault that was they saw coming. The, the changelings are always one step ahead of everybody. And um, so Garrick wants to know what happened to all those Cardassians. And so that's why he goes on this mission. And also he convinces Cisco that he would be a good bedtime story person for Odo. 
And and so I, I I think that was important too. Ashley, Kevin, and Ashley, did you enjoy Garrick tagging along on the? Did you did you also agree with like that was Cisco doing the right thing, bringing Garrick on this mission? <laughs> I always enjoy Garrick in an episode. Always. I don't think he should have been brought along, but I think, <laughs> I mean, Cisco, he he brings shady characters along on things all the time, just in case he needs them. Because he needs someone to poison a planet or commit right. genocide or anything like. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, uh, I I wish though if he was going to bring him along that we got a little more of the story time. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, I was well, we working as a gardener at the Cardassian embassy. Yes, and you know, yeah, I, I think they leave a f a little bit of the story time out because like he makes all these um Odo makes all these uh, deductions. For, uh, out of things I don't think they had in the episode um, about like different Romulan ambassadors who died or, or whatnot. And um, I just love Garrick. Garrick, he's, like, he's always so cheeky. He's always like, you're, you're getting warmer and stuff like, you know, like stuff like that, that he says. I promise you, I'll conjure up enough innuendos, half truths and bald faced lies about my so-called career in the obsidian order. What do we make uh, uh, of Garrick playing matchmaker at the beginning of this episode? <laughs> I think I think that's a very interesting um, conversation that occurs at the beginning because, like, the whole time I'm just thinking, like, what he's lying to himself. Like, the, the the biggest lies, like, the things that get you upset are usually the things that bother you the most. And I think with Odo, it's like he starts lying to himself about like all oh, these superficial customs of mating that human solids. That you know, he sounds like the the female founder when he's talking. When it really he's like in love with Kira. And yeah. so he's, it's complete nonsense, really. Odo's full of shit all the time. Like, it's <laughs> yeah. it's one of the fundamental things about Odo is that he's kind of always in denial about what he wants, who he is. Um, you know, even even like when Worf was like, don't go talk to him because <laughs> I, I told he told me he doesn't like that. And uh, he, you know, he doesn't like socialization. And, and Dax is like, he was socializing with you when he said that. <laughs> right um you know and i think that i don't know like uh, there's kind of like odo is one of these guys that you know he's curmudgeon -y, but he's sort of like deep down he's got a heart you know um uh, especially now after this one where he actually does have a heart um and uh you know i think that uh that that garrick is, tr is trying to do something nice for him he's like hey this lady for you know all despite her best judgment or mine like is interested in you for whatever reason so you want to you know check her out i do you think that she's supposed to be like nana is she supposed to be like kira like you know like she's kind of like the same frame and she's bajoran and whatever. i i think my theory here is guys and tell jimmy tell me if you think i'm right about this i think she is the one that infects him right here when the handshake happens and i think that she's actually a changeling that what? none of yes we never see her again she yeah, does she's at, the end of, she's at the end of the episode right but like she's to me i would guess that this woman is a spy this is my fan theory jamil tell me if this makes any sense and garrick's involved somehow i don't think garrick's involved but i do think that like okay the whole thing that occurs we can't hear you it's good because i was just ranting and raving about you mistreating Right, the Saint Jill Jacobson. Right, Wait, how dare me, you? Listen to me from a conspiracy theory point of view. I mean, I I heard you. 
I heard you. How dare you? How dare you attack the matters of the heart? Okay. I think Dave is onto something here, or uh, uh, that she—I don't think it's a coincidence that she looks a lot like Kira. I don't That's think what Kira's co- doing. I don't think it's a coincidence that she has interest in Odo when no one else ever seems to, except Waxana, who also used him in the last episode that we saw of Odo. You know, like, I don't think I th- uh, the whole thing at the end of this episode is like they already knew he was sick. They already knew uh, Kira had moved on with Shakar. How did they know these things? They seem to have spies everywhere. Oh, like Garrick. Like, well, they could have Garrick, I guess. But I don't think Garrick's working for the founders. I think it's more likely that they have a changeling. And I think it's this Bajoran lady who infects them right here. With I, that, you have to go with the Millards. I think that Garrick, despite his best uh, plans, he probably has a whole list of information that he is capturing about what's happening on the station. And they can easily intercept it, right? So to think that they would have to go to the trouble to have an actual spy on the station, they don't need to do that. They already have one. Garrick, despite his best intentions, are is probably working unbeknownst for the founders, right? Look, now, look. now, at the same time, how dare you say that someone would not be interested in a hardworking, prompt gentleman like Odo, who is who is there all the time, like a clock, right? 9.37, in front of her shop, she looks out, you know, she has a new store, and she her, sees yeah, someone. a new store. Coincidence? I think not. What? So she was on Bajor. She gathered all the shekels she could, and she's like, "I'm gonna make a go at it." Go I got a question about this. Okay, where is this restaurant on the upper level supposed to be located exactly? I've never seen any restaurants other than Quarks on the second level. So she's bringing competition. I don't see. I've never seen it. Not a can. Just because you haven't seen. How how many? Isn't the the Klingon restaurant up on the? No. No. Second floor, on, the, no? on the bottom. How on good bottom a floor. spy is Garrick when he can start this whole episode doing something completely out of the ordinary for him? Yeah, and then and we think it's a conspiracy, but there's no possible way he's involved. <laughs> <laughs> he is that good. I I will agree with that. But okay. she was. I, I I felt she was coming on uh, like very strong on Odo. Yeah. Okay, so what is your theory? How does he get infected? The whole episode starts with this conversation. She shakes his hand. Right after that, he goes into convulsions. How am I so, how am I not supposed to deduce? It's not, I don't have to be Sherlock Holmes to figure this out. Do you not think that the Great Link is not somehow connecting changelings even though they might not be physically attached to the Great Link? Well, I never thought about it that way. That's That's getting into a metaphysical conversation i think that they want to infect uh odo it's not that hard uh to do like they basically just have to get a changeling to get onto the station and shake his hand and shake his hand i guess it could have been her but they don't reveal that so i don't think it is you know it's 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 just just supposed to be some lady who runs a restaurant at the station and he almost he kind of considered going on a date with once unless it shows up on star trek online i don't consider it canon (laughs) star trek online is not canon only person with an ulterior motive through this whole episode is Garrick. That's true. But he also introduces her to Odo. 
Mm -hmm. So I it seems like something more like Quark would do. Like what you well, suggest. Quark, Quark would do it to distract her, distract him, not necessarily try to poison him. Quark loves the back and forth relationship with Odo. And we do see that later on in this episode when when he like says goodbye to him. He's like, Oh, I'm gonna, you know, smuggling's gonna go up 60%. And you know, like he's like, I'll be back. And you know, that their whole relationship is like like they act, mouse. they act like they hate each other but they really love each other and they would never actually want anything bad to happen to each other they're uh, each other's foils right yeah um okay uh jubil let's quick question about the klingon empire here I, Garon, I we're, gonna, I, we're moving too fast i want to talk more about jill jacobson so what right. do you want to know? Did what do you, you like that? Did you did you like the dress that she had in the beginning? Jill Jacobson. First, who the hell is Jill Jacobson? It's the the girl. The um, what's her name? She she the, was in the party discount. down and and castle. Discount Nana visitor. Yes, discount. I honestly <laughs> thought I'm like, is that Nana? And I'm like, wait, no, it isn't. No, it isn't. Um, it was like her understudy at like theater. <laughs> yes, literally. <laughs> um, literally after after watching the episode i went and looked her up and then i saw her comedy his comedy is terrible <laughs> she tried stand-up not everyone should try stand-up let me right. just say yeah, right. right um all i could say from her first performance that was like about seven minutes was she is very jewish right. very jewish <laughs> yeah. um and and that's not like me being like you know it's like it's like you watch it very Jewish. Anyways, Dave, dress at the beginning of the episode versus dress at the end. Uh, I, I I gotta look at the one at the end. Hold on a second. Uh, oh, she's wearing like a silver one at the end. Yeah, like some snake skin. <clears throat> I think the I think the the one at the beginning is better uh, than the one at the end. She looks more like Nana in the second one. Mm -hmm, exactly. They really like again. I think there's a fan theory to be explored here that this woman is actually a changeling and that she's purposely made to look like an anon visitor. I don't think it, like I do think there's something there. There's I think nothing there. I think that they were thinking of in the next season going to use her as like um like a plot device to cause friction, and they just dropped it and decided, sorry, Jill Jacobson, we won't be needing your services anymore. Yeah, we watched her stand-up comedy, and we're moving on. <laughs> she did that much later. She did that much later. More recent. Right. right. Yes. Um, okay. Have we said what we wanted to say about Jill Jacobs. Jill Jacobs we yes. can move on. We can move I on. I don't know. Can we? You want, okay. Um, at what point does comedy concerning you being a cougar stop being comedy? And to me, it's at the very beginning. That's, you know it's a lame subject. I, I, I not, think it's terrible. I'm not done with the Jill Jacobson conversation because I want to ask Davin about this. Okay. Davin, Yo. at the beginning of this episode, a woman is introduced to Odo who shakes his hand, a Bajoran woman who has just recently come to the station and opened a new restaurant on the second level, which we never see throughout the entire show. Is this woman actually a changeling and is actually the woman that infects Odo, which starts the whole plot of this episode? Is she actually an imposter that Garrick even maybe is involved with and is actually a changeling that is sent there to infect Odo on purpose. Well, because I've seen the entire series, I'm going to have to say no. She's not a changeling that infected uh, Odo. How did Odo get infected? Do you really want me to spoil that? It's coming up in episodes. It's coming up. Sure. Uh, uh, the Federation do it to him. 
Don't they oh, give him a different disease? They do. Different. They give him something different that he infects the, the founders. With. The founders. Oh, with. they infect. Oh yeah, that is different. This one to get him to go back to join the Great Link to. Oh, hmm. so my fan theory still exists. Yeah. Okay, you know what? I'm uh, back on board. You're... At this point, <laughs> I was he's already my, my Odo infected. infections. They're always infecting Odo. It's easy to get confused. I was, yeah. was mixing up my Odo. For no, people you're... that don't know his biology very well, they they really were able to infect him pretty easily. Yeah. <laughs> Look, they don't like you. Don't need to. You don't need to shake his hand. They can literally just walk beside the dude and bump into him and do the exact same thing. Yeah. No, I know, but the show, the episode that I watched. Hmm. A woman comes. She did not turn into a changeling at the end of the episode, Jeff. She doesn't need to. She does need to for this to be to hold any water, like or in a future episode of the series, which never happened. Would no, he not the, sense that she's a changeling? She's not a changeling. She's just a if there was physical woman. contact. I would, think there's something. Would Ogo not recognize that uh, she's a changeling? You guys are are too quick no. to defend this. Yeah, but how long was how long was Bashir a changeling on? That, that's trade. only after he got turned into a solid. I guess yeah, that's true. But he can eat. But like the whole time that that other changeling was there, the one he killed, the one that he goes on trial for, he couldn't tell that guy was a changeling. For exactly, yeah. Like yeah. I don't think this is necessarily foolproof. He could tell and... Layton was though. Only because Layton gave him like some stink eye. <laughs> he's a changeling. He did. He did give it's him. him. That is true. That is a verifiable fact. Mm -hmm. Okay. Table. She was giving him a different type of eye. All right. Let's move on to the the Klingon <laughs> aspect of this episode. So Gavron shows up on the screen and it says, "Get out of Arcanus Four. Surrender while you can." That's right. And he says, "We've captured some Cardassian colonies. The Federation better leave us alone, or there'll be hell to pay." And you know, basically, they start talking about it. And uh, Worf says, uh, you know, if he's willing to, he just wants, like, to go to war over something. And then uh, Cisco says, like, I don't know about that. He's like, he just, he seems the to Arcanus want a bone. System, the Arcanus, whatever it is. He says that he wants a, a bone to pick, right? And they, the question is why? And they don't really understand why. And the reason why? Because he's a secret changeling. And, uh, boom, another secret changeling. He's actually not, though. Exactly. So Odo doesn't know shit. <laughs> is Bashir a changeling so, at this point? No. No. He's so, still wearing the other uniform. The uniforms matter. Hashtag. So basically, basically, man. the founders via the Great Link pulled a, a Scott Pilgrim think of um, you know, half and half um coffee mix up against um you know Todd Ingram. So implanted in mind via inception. That Gowron, right? A bug Gowron to get him to do that. That's right. Mind of them. Yeah. Right. So th that is, we'll find that out next episode. But in this episode, it's like all like, you know, a theory and, and the non visitors sneezing a lot. So that's a whole thing. Um, so who won the bet? I say Worf won it. Cisco. Cisco says he won it, but I don't know if it's. But then she sneezed that. afterwards. Right? Yeah. Wouldn't that yeah, make it? That's not in a chain of sneezes. They had a whole yeah, conversation that... in between. That is a new sneeze. That is a, that's Seinfeld <laughs> establishes this. Is yeah. Dave is Seinfeld Art... canon? 
My my favorite yes. my favorite part of that whole scene is how Mattel. annoyed Worf is to have to participate in the bet. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't like socializing. He basically yeah. just says it to get it over with so they can go back yeah. to war talk. <laughs> you just say 10 just so that he can like 10, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Just like the, whole, the it was kind of a fun some fun dialogue between these these Oh this yeah, group here. I thought it was it was nice. Uh, O'Brien's not in this scene for some reason, but oh, we'll get to the O'Brien in this episode because I have a lot to say about O'Brien. It's yeah, great we'll... blocking in the scene, though. Great blocking. Mm-hmm. Yes, Who directed this episode? Uh, Les Landau. Okay. Um. Yeah. So, which is probably good that a cast member didn't direct this episode because they're all in it quite a bit. It's a, definitely an ensemble. Not O'Brien. He could have directed it, but yeah. yeah. Well, I don't think he's much of a director. Uh. But that's a whole other question. Um, okay, so so then we we got a scene here where Odo is in the sick bay, looking like a sad kid that just got his blanket taken away, and uh, Nana visitor Akira shows up and gives him some. Uh, no, is he in the cargo bay or is he, I don't know why he's okay. Sorry, and the, who is this purple woman? This purple haired woman. She's a, she's a smuggler. Okay, she's, she's just some. Smuggler criminal uh that um i don't know like that 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 kira brings him the criminal activities report and he tries to like go back to his job i don't think we've seen her before this um could this be our secret changeling <laughs> yes <laughs> yes everyone the secret changeling jeff she could everyone. be i think this is a, a conspiracy episode of the that there ever was one um Okay, so yeah, he's doing his job. He's trying to be the lawman, laying down the law, but he, he he's not well. So, oh no, he's sick with this terrible disease. And then that's when he ends up in the ICU, and Bashir has to deal with him, and he gives him a blanket as if he needs a blanket. <laughs> Blankets are t- tough to come by around yeah. Bayshore. Star yeah. Trek is big on blankets. Uh, you <laughs> should have seen uh, T'Pol and uh, Archer get in a blanket last night in the Enterprise at Eight podcast. That's okay. And, and just to do some cleanup <laughs> and fact checking, the purple smuggler person, um, the she appeared three times on D Space Nine. She's very memorable. Yes, three also, times. I, that means she's ruled out. She never was shown as a changeling. She could never have possibly been a changeling. So homecoming, the abandon, and this episode broken link. Her okay. last appearance. Sorry, what was the one before that? Um, the, the abandoned. Abandoned. That's like season one. I'm telling you, dude. <laughs> Homecoming, the abandoned, and Broken Link. Three episodes. It's kind of like the uh, Odo Goes Home trilogy. Um. <laughs> okay. Um. We have uh, Bashir tell him that you know he is very sick, and he's like, "Hey, want to go back to B- Bajor with that guy that like worked on you for seven years? That'd be a good Dr. idea, Moore, right?" Yeah. Odo, oh, Dr. Moore. Odo says, nah. Then he goes, how about we send you to Starfleet Medical? They'll do all sorts of wacky experiments on you. How about that? <laughs> and he goes, no. And then he goes, you know, Odo goes, there's only one place we both know I need to go. And, you know, Bashir knows. And he says, I thought we wouldn't have to, to come. To the YMCA. <laughs> <laughs> no, probably not. Young man. Gel <laughs> <laughs> man. <laughs> that would have been great if, if Bashir had broken out into that in the middle of that episode. Okay. Um, so then we get a scene here with Kira and Bashir 
both go to Cisco in his office and say, look, uh, you know, Odo's, we got to go to Dominion space to, you know, figure out what's going on with Odo and take him back to the their home world. And Cisco says basically, yes, right? Like he, he goes, it's risky, but we should probably go do this, right? Dave? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I think that they're like, they don't know what else to do. What, what's what there's there's no better like he's like maybe we go to starfleet medical that's like the best alternative other than trying to ask your species how to hell how to but, fix this but, but he's only got a few weeks and they basically say kira you're too pregnant you got to stay here you're sneezing all over the place it's it's gross it's gross in a no sense. room for you sneezy get the fuck out of here <laughs> well yeah and like sometimes i'm just like just somebody does in theory, have to run the station, right? So I guess it not always. They it's don't not care about that. That she's super pregnant, or that someone has to run the station. It's that they're going into a dangerous situation, and she is pregnant with someone else's child. Like she's like, I want to go, and I want to put this child that's not mine into all this danger for no reason. Is <laughs> my friend Odo's her friend, Ashley, and. O'Brien Keiko was repelling for fungus. <laughs> so anyway, so it was like the baby friend. can't win. No Keiko was repelling secrets about O'Brien. Right, we'll get to that. Which I have a lot new friends. For fungus. Kira doesn't care about children then. That's canon. It's as if I have to remind her that she's pregnant. Yes, you're right. It does if. Oh, Lord. Okay, uh, so let's. All right, so they get onto the Defiant, and they have their whole glamour shots of Defiant leaving the station that they reuse and recycle multiple, multiple times on this show. It's the it's the intro. It's the intro. It's where it goes into <laughs> yeah, the wormhole. It's literally the intro. It's that, yeah. like they they made no new footage for this. They were just like, let's just use that. We've been showing it off all season. Um, and I will say, now that we're in the fourth season, and it has that moment where like the defiant like de- de- docks off and goes into the wormhole. I watched the intro most times now. Um, I the, before that, like trying to watch the first three season intro. First of all, Michael Dorn's name not in the credits either. It's just it's lacking. This is better. No. Um, I, I like the music from the first three seasons, but I do like the imagery from this. The music's better in the after in this one here. Too. I disagree. It's too slow. It's it's too fast. It needs to slow down. I need to to hear that <laughs> trumpet like in my heart. Uh, I enjoy watching the little orange men in the intro section when they're on top of the pylon and they're like doing their thing. That's always my favorite part. But you know, that's for if you really got keen eyes. Um, okay, so they get onto the Defiant Bridge and they basically figure out. Okay, Garrick wants to come on. And Worf isn't having it. Uh, Bashir doesn't like it. Just as I but, thought. But Cisco goes, you know what? Odo's annoying. Let's have a meeting with Garrick. And maybe we can have Garrick kind of occupy Odo's mind. So he says, you know what? I'll talk to Garrick. Even though this seems stupid. Um, Garrick. Tell him the ship is off limits to Cardassian spies. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great reaction. <laughs> Just open that ships off limited Cardassian spies, no problem. Right. Which like, I always there's always uh, there's also all, there's always great moments here where Cisco just ignores Worf. Worf. <laughs> yeah. 
and, and, and there's another moment in this episode where Worf goes to say something and, and Cisco stops him before he can. He just says, yeah. not now, Mr. Worf. Not now, Worf. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, I like that video we shared before with uh, just Picard telling, telling Worf to be quiet. No. <laughs> Uh, if, they, if they could just do a montage of everyone just shooting Worf down, it'd be great. <laughs> um, the tidings would be silent. Okay, but so yeah, yeah, we, yeah, Dave, go ahead. Andrew Robinson, like huge breakout. Like I, I forgot how much he's in this. I forgot how good he is in this episode. Um, really, like he, I, I, I think he, he deserves a lot of credit for the, the he, writing and for how he plays it. Always. I feel like I feel like now the more I watch Andrew Robinson play Garrick, the more I feel like he watched a lot of Silence of the Lambs and really studied <laughs> Anthony Hopkins's performance of never blink and look like a crazy person all the time. And like I feel like that's a <laughs> big part of what Garrick's character is is like a Hannibal Lecter type like persona. I'm a man of many talents. Does anybody else see that? Like the yeah. Is, yeah. does that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the best part for me was his reaction to uh, when talking to the founder, and the founder basically says, "Yeah, they're dead. They're all dead. Your dad is dead." Yeah. <laughs> and then he's like, that "Thank was you serious. for your time." And then, <laughs> and then she leaves. And Pleasure meeting you. Yeah. But his face like, just changes. Such a great moment. It yeah. is it's great acting, and it's a uh, you you know immediately that like oh yeah he was just being nice, <laughs> you know but like she's got to be smarter than that too. Like I mean, he might have gotten was away. Scary with in that moment though. Oh yeah, yeah, she was. She's often uh, scary. She's a maniacal too. warlord <laughs> criminal type. Uh, comment here from Polar Knights, Jeff Garrick. I liked him. He is true to himself and others. A good spy. Yeah, I mean, well, is that true? Is what a good spy? Uh, he feel I feel like he's very passionate, and he's very like, um, like I always look at him as a very like militaristic kind of person, or like ba- patriotic in a lot very of ways. Very patriotic, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, and, like he really cares about like Cardassians as like a people, but not really individual Cardassians. He doesn't seem to care for like, right. the concept of Cardassia. Yeah. He's about right. the culture. He's a, he's for the culture, right? Yeah, <laughs> he's not he's not for the individuals. Um, I mean, nobody likes individual Cardassians. Right. <laughs> I can't think of any examples anyway. Uh, right, <laughs> not the it, like, It's Zial, and she's half a Jordan. She's half uh, Cardassian. <laughs> like different actresses, and, uh, yeah. <laughs> the one that uh, Quark's like girlfriend there for one episode, the Cardassian lady. Um, <laughs> Yeah. Hey, cat. Okay. Can we talk a little bit about this unnecessary scene of Odo walking through the promenade, looking like a gooey creature? And I felt like the only thing that was missing was somebody saying "shame, shame." <laughs> really? I thought they were gonna slow clap. Or like a- slow clap. I thought that this was weird. Um, I. I thought that, yeah, I thought that this was, um, okay, first of all, they say that movement makes this disease worse, right? Him moving. So why not put him in a wheelchair? Why not, yes! you know, or, why not right? transport him? He wouldn't have it. There's <laughs> no the way he would do it. Well, they said that transporters weren't a good idea because it was going to scramble his molecules more. So, they, but they could have put him, couldn't they, they could have just put him in a bucket and carried him to the Defiant yeah. too, for that they matter. They put him in a cryotube. 
Makes buckets. No, he look at how he walks out of there. He wants to walk out of there. But he can't he can't want them to see him like this. I don't think it's a I don't think he cares what people how people see him. It's more of like a point of pride. I think Kevin's on to it there. I think it's like you're not gonna tell me I'm gonna I still have my dignity and I, you know I'm yeah. gonna say the, the, the fuck you are you're gonna friggin' be in this wheelchair and we're gonna roll you there. I'm not spending 20 minutes for you to have pride to get They're like the divide will leave without you. Don't worry. Wouldn't it be funny if the divide did leave without him? That's a great point, Shabil, because that this really says a lot about Bashir as a doctor. Like he he gives in to his patient here, I think. You know, I think you're right. He should be like, absolutely not. You're not you're not basic. But the fact that he is a changeling and that he Bashir really doesn't know how to fix him or do really anything with him. I don't, th I think he kind of like goes, you know what, do what you want. You know, a lot of the times when Odo's sick, uh, because he doesn't really know what to do. He lets Odo, he doesn't even charge. If Odo doesn't, if Odo wants to walk out, what can Bashir do about it? Yeah, Bashir is doing what doctors do. Patients go against medical advice all the time. Doctors mm. can't force patients who are still in their right mind to do anything. Medically, well, that... we've seen that he's in a, not in his right mind. He went to pursue a criminal in his his current state. He's a danger to himself. He's yeah, called white. He's not. He, there's no way that you could well, say that he's not mentally competent enough to decide to walk down the road. <laughs> there's no way. He's Odo was in Starfleet. Walk down the promenade. If he was in Starfleet, yes, I can absolutely yeah. understand that. All right. But, geez, just like get in the damn bucket, dude. Seriously, <laughs> not impressing anyone. We turn the corner, there's no one else here that you really, really know. Corcus can't see you. Just they're like, the do you want us to clear the promenade? He asks this as they're walking to like the airlock. Like, it's it's it, like it's too late, man. Your chance to ask that question has kind of come and gone. Start shooting into the air and clear the. Yeah, get out of here! <laughs> it's like you you all want to stand right beside me as I walk. That's that's your well, that's your lives you're putting in your own hands. Jeff, what do you think of this makeup though? Like, do you think it's? Uh, I think it deserved an Emmy. Did it win? Are, are we, are we you're gonna look it up? No, I don't know. Um, I think it, it <laughs> he looks he looks like he's halfway to being the Golgothan poop monster from Nagua. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what that's what came to my mind anyway. <laughs> oh, nice. Um, but that's how I looked at it. Uh, it is. It's not, it's not bad, I guess. Um, it goes with his Bajoran uniform that Dave loves. You know, <laughs> yeah. It's the uh... it's the Incarian wool. You'll get used to it. Yeah, it's itchy. Um, okay. Speaking of that, we do have. Uh, okay, so we'll start here with the Defiant Bridge scene where. O'Brien is pining about the fact that he feels naked that they're not using a cloak for in the Gamma Quadrant. This is the only ship he's ever served on that has had a cloak, which is interesting. Then he goes on to talk. Oh no, that's later. Sorry, it's later. Yeah, yeah, we'll get to that. Then we go into the uh, Garrick Odo scene. We're not going to where... talk about the the Dax naked men joke. Okay, we can talk. What did she say about naked men? Go ahead, Jabil. So many naked men. So many naked men. <laughs> Because um, Worf also comments about being naked, quote unquote, naked on the Defiant, not being in cloak. 
And then Dax is like, you know, starts well, she starts giggling and they're like, what? And she's like, you know, I'm just kind of happy about being surrounded by so many naked men. Here's a naked man for you. Naked Odo. Yes. Yeah, it's it's very weird seeing Aubergine, Rene Aubergine as this like weird, silky smooth seal of a man. <laughs> <laughs> hair, with only hair on his head, though. <laughs> with only hair on his head. Um, at the crossroads. And I don't know what to make of this episode. Does Odo need to shave? <laughs> I don't know. You know, like at that. his age, at his age, that's he's you know in he's he's two minutes old, bad shape. I guess <laughs> I, I wonder what they do for an episode like this because like all right, Renee, you're gonna be totally naked. Does he have to go get wax? Like what what <laughs> what is the procedure? You know he's got some hair, or some chest hair, some leg hair. Some you pubes. know, maybe, maybe he was a swimmer. <laughs> maybe. Maybe it's like all makeup and see. I don't know. But only he was alive it, to talk about it. It fascinates me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> ne- next time that um Avery Brooks is at a convention, you should ask. It's like right. in the <laughs> Crossroads episode, and he's gonna be like, "What episode? The Broken Lake Crossroads episode." Um. Okay. Um. Okay. So they they start talking about Garrick and everything that he was doing on. Uh, Romulus, let's bring it over to our Odo Waxer, our Romulan gardener, Davin. What do you think, Garrick? Do you think? Do you Many think he's hats. bullshitting Odo? Do you think he's actually telling him the truth about what he got up to on Romulus? Was he actually a gardener? Was would he really give away his cover yeah. stories? He would. Okay. Yeah, he was. He was a gardener. <laughs> He, he was a specialist in Adosian orchids. These are all truths as much as Garrick tells them. So, yeah. he's. But, you know, he, My specialty he was knows Odo's not going to believe orchids. him. But I think he, he, he is. Yeah, that, that's true. That's the old Garrick, Garrick like quote where he says, oh, but if you tell the truth and people think it's a lie, then it's just as effective. And I, I do think there is some truth to that, what Garrick's doing here. That so yeah, I do think a lot of times he tells like a true story, and but people are always sus- suspicious of him. The Millards, what do you think of that? Do you think that Garrick is, you know, actually trying to bond with Odo here? Or he's just doing what he told Cisco he would do and give him a good story. Garrick likes to talk about himself and give little clues to stuff he's done in the past. He does it with Bashir when they have lunches. And I think this just feeds Garrick's ego of himself. So he's doing it for himself. Like any great liar, you, you weave in truth into all of your lies. Yes. Right. And it makes it more believable. That's why he's a tailor. He weaves. <laughs> why is it? No one ever believes me, even when I'm telling the truth. <laughs> Such a great line. Um, For any okay. of them true, especially the lies. Right? Especially the lies. My dear doctor. <laughs> yes, I, I'm sure I have that somewhere. Uh, That's one of the great quotes. Uh, no, I don't. I've got to find oh. that. Sorry. Okay, so not on the ready, right. not on the ready. Sorry. All right, I want to move on to the next scene anyway because the next scene is probably my favorite scene in this episode uh, because it fascinates me. Um, O'Brien is pining about the fact that he walks into his quarters and Keiko and Kira are talking to each other and they immediately stop talking, and he compares it to a hollow sweep program. 
and says, that, you know, he's upset that they were talking about him. Uh, like, at least that's what he thinks. And Cisco says, you can't be sure of that. And he's like, no, I know. And, and, and he's like, I'm thinking about having Julian move in with us to even it out. To even it out. Sure. I don't even know <laughs> where to start. Poem. Yeah, but how is this not a sitcom? Devin, go. what do you make of this? Oh, this man, that's Three's situation? Company. But, or like, yeah. Seeking Sister Wife. Company. <laughs> so is he? I mean, wait, it would just be company, Miles is he and Julie. Jack? Yeah, he is. So is he going to start wearing like really short shorts? And it's it's interesting that he thinks that would make it better. He would just walk into a room and the three of them would stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> Keiko's Don nuts. <laughs> <laughs> that's great i think it's a fascinating thing because it it, it explains like o'brien's like huge insecurity not only in his marriage but also with the baby thing happening with another like with kira being pregnant with his baby also the fact that he see it, it, this happens again and again with o'brien where he literally makes it clear to everybody that i have a closer relationship with bashir than i do my own wife <laughs> and and it's very it fascinates me because nobody ever goes like hey it's like what's going on here are you okay o'brien like, <laughs> they've all met keiko right. they know. <laughs> well, although they've all met bashir too yeah, yeah for that matter Worf's yeah. like don't talk about it don't say anything just let it be <laughs> he's like i've delivered keiko's baby that was you know i've been there done that uh Okay. Uh, I hailed you when we first met. <laughs> I remember. I remember. <laughs> now I don't. Now I don't. Now I would say he actually loves him more than he loves his own wife, which I find certainly more than Molly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. All right. We don't really hear much about Molly. Uh, we, I couldn't tell you one thing about her. She giggled. She, she giggled, giggled at him, when he, and she and he was like, "What do you think's so funny?" And <laughs> that was kind of like the, the whole the gist of it. She says, "I'm trying to live like a bachelor again." Oh. Was, that was right. I thought what, that wasn't going to be the O'Brien thing that you were. I didn't even mean to play that. It was an accident. But that was actually perfect for what's going on here because, like, yeah, he wants to like go hang out with Bashir or have Bashir on his side because he thinks these women are ganging up against him, which I find hilarious. And uh, <laughs> his insecurity is through the roof. Go back uh, to Bajor and your plants and Sabar. <laughs> See if I care. He doesn't care. <laughs> he wants to go play James Bond with Bashir on the hall. Uh, yeah, get those Jerry's. Got to uh, chase those Jerry's yeah. over the channel or whatever. The right. Jerry's, yes. Um, okay, so at that, all right, let's move on. Um, so at the, or after that conversation, um, the Jeff and R show up, and then again, we have I don't know if you clipped this, Dave, but please tell me you did. When the Jeff Hardar beam onto the ship, one of them like throat punches O'Brien. No, he grabs his chest, <laughs> yeah. so, like, wait, well, yeah, he like grabs his chest or his aorta, and mm -hmm. it is. Did you clip that? Because I it, didn't clip it, it now, you know. Oh, I, that scene I've just rewatched over and over again. Like, uh, yeah, yeah. they didn't pinch his nipple, 
Like, yeah. he just, it just like, he just grabbed him in the middle of his chest and he's like, oh. he goes, oh. And then he just grabbed yeah. his shirt. I'm like, what the fuck is he screaming about? <laughs> That's when I'll have to go back and get it. Did he stub his toe or some shit? And then, and then they, he lets him go and like the female founder starts talking to Cisco and I think Worf says to him, like, are you okay? And he just says that. He goes, I felt better. <laughs> <laughs> It's so weird. <laughs> but it is very weird. I don't know it takes who, a while for it to happen. I don't know who decided that that was a good idea. <laughs> they literally could have shown like two feet and one foot on top of each other, and it would make more sense to say that these yeah. snow. He should have just choked him. Why did he grab the center of his chest? It made no sense. I was so confused. <laughs> does, does O'Brien have a superfluous nipple there or something? <laughs> and he twisted it. <laughs> Only Bashir knows about that. <laughs> and that's yeah, why it's just this this reaction is just too good. <laughs> <laughs> Look, it's nowhere near his neck. He's grabbing his shirt. He's grabbing his shirt. It, you know, it. It's like a hockey fight, you know. <laughs> I think he's, I think it's meant to be like his chest has been like somehow grabbed by his hand. I don't know, but like fistful of his chest hair. I mean, that hurt. <laughs> he's like Jesus. Yeah, I think whole, it's just this... one of those times where you say "ouch" before, like, and then it doesn't even hurt, but you already like said "ouch." So he's just expecting. Yeah, you gotta it sell really the ouch. Bad. This Jim Dark man, he's he's rough. Um, it's like, oh, that wasn't so bad afterwards it goes on for a bit it's like three seconds it's a uh, log it's a long thing and it's very noticeable in the episode and Cisco was like oh it's like oh I thought I didn't realize why was a bitch <laughs> what the fuck is going on over there <laughs> he's like mm, he's crying about Keiko one second and then he's maybe with yeah. Molly was right to giggle at him <laughs> the Jim Hardar found out about the purple nurple jeez yeah. This isn't Pete uh, O'Brien this episode. No. He's having an off day. Okay, so then, yeah, the female fighter show up, and then they say, okay, we're going to have to drive the bus here, the Defiant, to our new homeworld. They like to move planets, these founders, because really all they need is somewhere where they can set up a lake. And so that's all they, they don't really care what piece of rock they're on, uh, as long as it's somewhat secretive and they can you know set up their little river um so dax is told get out of the chair and she looks at cisco and is like captain and like cisco's like i don't want to tell dax to get up because she's gonna be mad at me later but get up dax (laughs) let amadagon drive the bus like like realistically though isn't this like best case scenario for them like to fly the defiant into the gamma quadrant get surrounded by these ships i think just that way that this whole encounter happens where like they're like okay i'll meet them in the transporter room and then they're like yeah we're all just gonna beam in with our guns (laughs) and it's like it's it's good thing that nobody shot anybody else the worst case thing was that brian got his chest squeezed or something that's their fault (laughs) yeah um painful i'm triple nipple shoot but but the fact that they like the fact that they even let the Defiant get that close to their planet, where Garrick almost tried to murder the entire Changeling race and commit suicide, like genocide, I think that uh, you know this is like the fact that Dax is like, what do I do? Should I give up my seat to this Jemadar? He's not even honored elder. 
<laughs> right. And she knows all about the Honored Elders. So, like, uh, I guess I'm more annoyed with Dax than I am with Cisco. Okay. Davin, do you do you feel annoyed with Dax? <laughs> no, not really. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jamil, Jamil, do you feel annoyed with Dax here? Do you think she should just, you know, understand the, the gravity of the situation here? Who's Dax? Um, no, <laughs> Who is Dax? <laughs> Sorry. Um, is there what gravity in the situation? <laughs> um, what I didn't oh, we need to crush her. Maybe you can um, <laughs> uh, answer the question for me, Jeff. So they couldn't know the location, how to get there. How did they get back? Did they get back on their own? So I think it's kind of like, you know, when, when you're driving in like a city you've never been and you end up getting there and you're like, how do we get here? Like, yeah, we followed the directions, but you know, but then you like to, to leave. You're like, I just need to find the highway. And, and I think they end up finding the highway, you know, they said the they got escorted. They got escorted out of dominion space. And at that point, like they were allowed to leave. They were on the highway. Yeah. Yeah. So figure- were the dominion on the, like the ship until they left dominion space. And then they took out the, you know the jammer, the fo- the. I would the, I would uh, presume so. Yes. I don't know. That's that's a lot of um. You know, I think thought, that thought that and our guy probably drove at least halfway back to the wormhole and then said, "Okay, your ship again. See you. See you. See you later." Do you think it's weird that there were no um like wait there was no Wayun in this episode? Like there was no Vorta. No Vorta. He's killed. Yeah, no Vorta. Um, they could have put a Vorta in this, a different Vorta, but they didn't. Um, but I think that would have been too complicated because then you'd have to do all that exposition and they're like, no, we could just keep it very specific to this situation. And plus, because it was involving Odo, mm-hmm. there would be more of a personal touch that would be needed, which would be why the founder was there as opposed to a representative. Yeah, a right. Vorta would just take away dialogue from some lone gem gens, you know? So. Yeah. Yes, and she is scary, and let's get to her. Um, so she ends up going down to the sick bay and wants to talk to Odo. Uh, she basically says, you know, Doctor, get the hell out of here. Garrick, you too. And Garrick, like, goes to start talking to her, and uh, Bashir has to stop him. Uh, later. Later. She, says, later. she uh, pulls a RoboCop and goes, bitches, leave. Bitches, yeah. leave. Just leave. <laughs> and you know, and Odo says it's okay. You know, she's probably going to help me. You know, we'll see. Uh, even though she's, you know, pretty evil. Uh, she does her little trick and turns him into a, a liquid and kind of half cures him. Kind of just kind of subsides the uh, the disease for at least for now until they can get to their Great Link River. Um this whole scene is kind of terrifying. What do you guys make of the female founder? The fact that she never gets a name, I think, is a mistake. Uh, Dave, what do you, did you like the female founder as a foe? She's going to be here to the end, you yeah. know. Um, she's a good actress. I think she's plays a bad guy well, but I always kind of, uh, I feel like they could have given her more. How so? Just as far as like explaining, like, like this is like one of the only episodes where they really go to the the changing homeworld. We really understand like any of their motivations. A lot of their motivations are kind of always, to me, ambiguous. <laughs> and you know, so 
so I kind of wish there was just a little bit more background as to like what what do the changes really want? I never felt it was that ambiguous. I always kind of understood they they're well they're mostly just scared, right? Like they were per, they were hunted persecuted some time ago. Like these legends that Wei Yun will tell later on in the series uh, right. that you know that everyone hated them because of their you know so they. That's kind of why they created the Dominion was to protect themselves because they think that that's how they protect themselves by controlling the solids and subjugating them. Um, and that's their goal. And so and and they think themselves better than than the rest of us or the rest of the other life forms. So they're gods or whatever they want to tell themselves. So like um, I never thought I guess, you know, maybe the fact that she doesn't have a name. Sure. That like the, uh, the 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 changelings, but like she likes to say the drop becomes the ocean. The ocean becomes the drop. But I, I don't think it's that simple. I think that there are individual changelings. I think that they have their individual personalities. She's even talking about it in the great link. There's much debate and some want to kill you right. and some mm. don't want to. And so obviously that they, they have their own ind individual personalities. Um, and so does she. But she's just called founder. Uh, because she's so is that's a huge that's a solid thing like names and and uh, and just like everything is detestable about their existence right to her you know uh, she only cares about Odo and she only takes this form because she cares about Odo because it's like her family member but what happens when your family is evil right I guess that is the conundrum that Odo finds himself in and then you have to ask your evil family member not only for help but to save your life and that's kind of like the whole plot device of this episode. It's like both Bashir and Odo are like, oh, we don't have to ask these people for help, but we have to here because Odo's going to die. If he doesn't, go get judged. Right. And I would like to talk quickly about the Bone Thugs and Harmony song called The Crossroads. And I would just like to read a couple of the lyrics here because I think it <clears throat> relates to this episode. So it starts off just because of this background. Yes, and the background. Right. It says, now tell me what you're going to do when there ain't nowhere to run. Tell me what? When judgment comes for you. Judgment comes for you. And what you're going to do. When there ain't no place to hide. Tell me what? When judgment comes for you. Because it's going to come for you. I mean, that relates quite a bit to this episode. It's coming here for Odo from the founders. They want to judge him for the killing of a founder. And then a chain, no changeling has ever hurt another changeling. And that's the whole debate that occurs throughout this episode, which I don't believe because I do think yeah. that's <laughs> They all decided to hurt Odo in this episode. Exactly. No, even before that, it's like, um, what are you guys doing to me? Because I feel hurt, right? And no one's saying sorry, so you know it backfires on them though. It does. Oh, they get judged hard. They get judged. They, judged it backfires hard. on them because is this not when they get infected? Yeah, it is. This episode? Yeah, yeah in theory, the yeah. Federation well, gave it to him. I was right well, in was the first place. This mate. The Federation gave this sort of this whole thing. No, they gave him. Sorry, they gave him this. this, this they they gave him an, another disease that was like slower moving and doesn't like really hit them till years later. But the the what the oh, condition no, he has here too. is maybe conspiracy theory. I guess. I think I think you're onto something, Dan. <laughs> I think they did it all. Uh, yes. Well, Section I would. 
Section I wouldn't 31. put Section 31 or any Admiral for that matter. Who Garrett now or Red Squad or Red Squad. <laughs> oh, Jamil, do you think Red Squad could be behind this? No, <laughs> no, they're not. Smart I, I, that isn't ambitious enough. Slow Are they dead yet? virus? No, not yet. No, no, no. they haven't died yet. Yeah, um... a slow moving virus is not Red Squad style. No, no, uh, no, it's not. You, you know did what? some Red sloppy work. Red some is. damn sloppy work. <laughs> Red Squad style would be like, let's go in and try and blow up 14 Jebhardar <laughs> ships because we've spotted one weakness that we're not even really sure of. This should have been a Red Squad Garrick episode. That would have been great. <laughs> been they would just try to turn off all the lights on the ship. <laughs> <laughs> and then this is where like we all chant Red great Squad. Fucking mission. Red Squad. Red, Red Squad. Squad. Red Squad. <laughs> He's a captain. He cared about us. No, he didn't. He was an idiot. <laughs> where do we get to that episode? I'll remember to put that in your 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 tombstone. <laughs> I just picture the Jemadar boarding like the Valiant, and they're just being, "You can't board us. We're Red Squad." <laughs> and then they start chanting, <laughs> "Red Squad." <laughs> yeah, exactly. They better make fun of that on uh, Lord Dex. That's a oh, please! Yeah. Didn't they make a reference yeah. to Red Squad? I don't know I don't if they know. did. If they did, that's great. Um, okay, so then we get the conversation here that we alluded to earlier about. Uh, Garrick talking about like, hey, I'm here to talk to you know you about the Cardassians. Were there any survivors? Like you know my, you know my dad. What I think what was his dad was uh, on that mission, in Auburn Tain. Yeah, but we don't know he's his dad yet. Right. So there were survivors. So she's lying here because he's actually in a camp right now, right with Martok. She's probably not even concerned with the details. Right, but she goes out of her way. To basically, it like I feel like she knows what she's doing. Like she's basically poking Garrick to do something stupid because she, I think she kind of like she knows a lot about people's motivations and they have a lot of, you know, spies. I think themselves, and I think she kind of knows telling Garrick like, oh, they're all dead, and you know, Cardassia is a cesspool of darkness and death, and we hate the Cardassians, don't you know? And all this kind of stuff. They were doomed the moment they attacked us. Um, all those kinds of stuff, which is ironic because they'll be allies, like not even like what a season from now, not um, even. Well, yeah, like when does Gold Ducat start those negotiations to join the Dominion? Like it's it's while he's still on the bird of prey, obviously. But I, like I'm a little. It's um, probably after the information about what happens in this episode trickles back to Cardassia, because if you're the Cardassians, you're thinking, well. They're going to be setting their sights on us, right? They're saying that we're already an afterthought of dead. Um, like they they've already trampled mm-hmm. us. They just haven't put down their heel, right? So from that perspective, it's like okay, we're going to pivot. The Federation isn't looking like they're willing to do what they need to do. The Klingons are there acting crazy. We need to figure out what's best for us as a society to move on, right? And it would make sense to start that negotiation. I think this is. An ex, uh, like the start of it with the information we have. That's a good point. I never thought about that. That the Cardassians, or even if Gold Ducat could have used that information to get them to join, say, what do you know? Like, 
I know you all don't want to join the Dominion, but they're going to come kill us. They said so. And right. who's going to stop we, them? And if you can't beat them, join them. Yeah. Which seems like a Cardassian thing to do. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so then we get to see where Odo shows up in uh, their 10-4 forward and basically says hey guys if you're planning anything and like you know inject me with weird transporter molecules don't um you know how can you make me run you know i i'm going toward justice i've been you know bringing people to justice my whole life and now it's my turn to be judge i can't have you you know save me and pull me out of this i gotta go do this basically um and bashir looks thrilled and (laughs) 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 um so i think uh, all this kind of makes sense it's true to odo's character he's the lawman and the lawman's being brought in on charges and you know so that part's kind of you know interesting to me but at the same time like you know they can't do anything anyway they're surrounded by a fleet of gemadar ships like what are they gonna do yeah like even these i don't know like it's that's the thing it's like best case scenario you're going to you're going to get to go to that planet they're going to help odo and you get to go home and that's kind of what happens yeah uh speaking of which they beam down bashir and cisco beam down with odo now are they standing on actual like earth or are they <laughs> is that other changelings creating that earth for them to stand. <laughs> That's great. You guys <laughs> don't join the Great Lake. You won't be a part of the proceedings. You just have to stay there. <laughs> just... You guys just have to be somewhere where the you know Cisco and Bashir can stand. So you're you know create a mountain or something. You know whatever you got. Um, which I also love in this episode where Bashir picks up a stone and is like, yeah, I'm going to skip a rock, a rock across the river here. I don't know. And it's just goes to stop him and be like, Bashir, like these are bad things. Like, what are you doing? like, shouldn't it have been the other way around? Shouldn't it have been like Cisco, like picking up like the stone and doc- the doctor, be- <laughs> but they didn't do that, which is smart. I'm glad they didn't. But <laughs> if it was, if it was like three days, it back. if it was three days, they would have to stay. Where are they pissing and shitting? Was it actually into three the, days? Uh, did they say that? They didn't into stay the water. Days. They didn't say how long it had really been. <laughs> no, but they said it could be three days, right? Yeah, they lost track just, of time. Just, just look at his face there, though. <laughs> oh, yeah. right, changelings. Right, like it's not obvious. It doesn't look like water. (laughs) (laughs) Since people in Star Trek, you never see them go to the bathroom. I always just assume they have like a hypo spade that makes them not have to. Hmm. (laughs) Like it's a theory. Or they all wear them, or they all wear like pampers or something. Depends. I was like, they could have brought a chair. They don't have to pee in the twenty fourth century. The changelings could have created them a chair they they made it purposely like look uncomfortable i think here for them to have to wait they also didn't have to go like um no. you know and so but they they wanted to just show support um to their friend you know just to outdo kira and uh they succeed they didn't do any research and like provide some like 11th hour you know hey mention this you know like in all the courtroom judge dramas this is like the most boring like trial you've ever seen because you see nothing except the judgment 
right? Yeah. It's, it's literally, hey, let's watch the guys who are outside of the courtrooms sitting around while the, the action happens on the inside, right? You don't even see the judgment. They're just like, oh, so how was the judgment? Is one scene of Odo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, that's a great moment. Uh, <laughs> his chest hair as well. <laughs> that's why. Oh, he that's why he doesn't have any anymore. They he ripped was, all his hair. He out. was being waxed. Yeah, he was. Being, he was being waxed. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, I got here. It uh, was their scene of the forty-year-old virgin. Yes. You know, where they were ripping all the hair out. Yeah, hot wax. <laughs> like he's like he's 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 like a he's like a twelve year old boy or something. Like this. Like, I don't know how they did it. Like how they shot this is fascinates me. And then of course Jean Wall was like um like a grown man by this point. Like I don't get it. He was like probably in his fifties. I would imagine. Yeah, right. At least well, like, older than that. Wow. Oh, yeah. Look at that. How old was he at this point? Um. Uh, but yeah, the, he doesn't look wrinkly at all. Like how they shot, like how they made him look like that is fascinating. Was he wearing a green suit? I don't know. But he was uh, fifty-six. He has a good Odo wax. Yeah. Um, okay, so then we get the scene where Worf sneaks up on Garrick, trying to override the launch controls for the quantum torpedoes. He was also trying to get into the phasers as well, but he didn't have the time the time um so we get this great scene here between Worf and garrick uh dave you alluded to it before that you didn't realize that this was this important or this long yeah is this the best scene for you in the episode uh it um, is pretty great it was it was just a little treat for me because i didn't remember it at all i didn't remember that this happened um and uh it, you know it, it makes sense uh you know like uh, why garrick's doing it they you know i think this little fight between garrick and Worf is an interesting like setup for some of their later on pairings. Notably in season five, they'll be put together in uh, in Purgatory Shadow or by Inferno's Light or one of those or all of those. Um, and, uh, you know, and, and they do have great chemistry together, like these two actors. And when they write them together, you know, just he's like, tell Garrick Cardassian spies are not allowed on the ship. That's just the way it is, you know? Um, well, I and, think it's also because like what happens in this, in this conversation, Dave, is like Garrick uses his Klingon like you know sentiments uh, against him where he's like you're a klingon you you know all about a little genocide every now and then to get what you need you're a klingon don't tell me you'd object to a little genocide in the name of (laughs) self-defense see he sees it as self-defense right he took the the female founder's words as like a direct threat towards cardassia and they were yeah it's not self-defense though it's revenge it's genocide's a hard one to argue self-defense genocide i swear it's like you it wasn't overkill no do we threaten me so i just killed them all (laughs) (laughs) so what i was alluding to before about the founders i think is like the fact that we only really know the female founder and odo and the one guy he killed and like the every now or like the o'brien guy from the one episode like we only get like one note of the founders they're all bad and they're all evil which i don't think is the truth i think there's like even you said dave in this episode she said there's a big debate that means there's people on odo's side and saying like you know i feel like uh the founders as an organization could have been done more 
they, they it didn't all have to be this one actor Salom Jens. I think they like you know, and same with Wayun, like yeah, like he was an interesting character, but I don't think he didn't play every Vorta. Like there was we'll meet that other Vorta next season in that uh that, that great episode with the ship. Um mm-hmm. you know, where uh the Loris, I think is her name. Um but uh yeah, like I think that sorry, where was I going with this? I'm losing my thoughts. Um just that, that like the the founders, yeah. Well, the founders, like there could have been more of them. They could have been a bit more sympathetic. There's the the, the one that JG Hertzler plays later on, Claus, I think his name is, or uh, the other the, the other changeling that was like one of the, like the babies that were sent out. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know, he's he doesn't know anything about the founders of the Dominion either. And you know, it's interesting to meet him and see what he's like, right? And how he's kind of changed over all those years, and how he is kind of like them. And so, what is what is in the nature of a of a changeling, and what is sort of like their choice? Like, I think that that is only really demonstrated between Odo and this one other founder that we see, right? So it's right. a bit one note. It is a bit one note, and I think there was more to explore, like we were saying. But um, yeah, so then yeah, Odo gets judged here at the crossroads, and and he comes out of it, you know, looking like just you know a naked fifty-year-old, twelve-year-old boy cross. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> um, uh, I'm very confusing. Uh, so they they transport him up. Bashir checks him out, says, "Oh no, now he's a solid." Uh, he's got a heart. He's, you know, they basically said, you don't get to be one of us anymore. Sucka. See you later. <laughs> um, you know, uh, he's been judged and, you know, at first Odo, I think is, um, it's a shot that clef. <laughs> <laughs> this, this, everything about this shot, it intrigues me, confuses me. Uh, reminds me of the last supper. <laughs> no, like it's Da Vinci. It, like shouldn't um, the founder go and touch him, like in the finger point? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's Sistine Chapel. Yeah, Sistine yeah. Chapel. Sorry, she yeah, should be floating on a cloud. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Is Bashir just trying not to look at Odo's junk? Is that what's going? On? I feel like that's what's going on here. <laughs> In, in, in this in this moment, in this perfect moment, yes. And so is Cisco, but the female founder looking directly at him. Yeah. <laughs> we gave him what he wanted. Yeah. <laughs> he is fully equipped. He's fully he's fully equipped. He is a solid now. Let me tell you. <laughs> Kira, we're going on a date. <laughs> Um, okay, so yeah, oh, they, uh, poor Odo. Yes, they take his blood. He now is blood. He's red blood. So I guess he's is he human? Did they turn him into a human? Yeah. They, okay. And that's the other thing. Okay. A couple questions about this whole transformation that he goes through. A, if the founders can do this, if they can make you into, if they can make one of their own into like a like a like a, a permanent solid into a like a, like a living. Uh, body without the need to regenerate they why wouldn't they do this for their like spies and some of like their their long-term operatives right uh like the because they, val- changeling. they value them too much but they can reverse it because odo gets reversed i know but there's a, still a chance that they could die i guess yeah. it's okay but then like but to go oh, through like the the hassle of blood screenings and everything else in the name of like i don't know their their war effort the other thing yeah, too the federation are dumb though and and slow to adapt so 
for the most part, they're, them and their technology can get around it. Look how far they got in the first place before the Federation really started stepping up things. So, yeah. Okay, my second question is, why did they choose to make him a human? Yeah, I didn't understand that. Why not a Bajoran? Why not a Romulan? They were tracing. They had two humans there. It was like tracing, right? It was a tracing? <laughs> you yeah, fucking tracer! I'll trace a chocolate around your dead fucking body! <laughs> <laughs> Should have made him into a Cardassian. That would have been perfect. Yeah, I think that's the only like that's the answer that makes the most sense. Just because there happened to be two humans standing there, that was the easiest choice. But he he was like raised by Bajorans. He's in love with this Bajoran woman. He works for the Bajoran militia. It makes more sense to make him Bajoran. He gets type O negative. He gets type O negative blood. Is that universal donor or universal? Resource? Yeah, that's what I got. That's universal. Donor. It's actually a very. It's a rare blood type too. Right. Yeah, so they call wait, me all the time. What the happens? Are you are you an O negative, Devin? Yeah. Oh wow. I got your back. You're less than one <laughs> percent like, of the population. You're like, oh no, maybe you're a secret changeling. Okay. Um we watch what happens, out for you. when he gets changed. <laughs> <have an> <laughs> He's in league with uh Garrick. Yeah. And and Jill Jacobs. Jill Jacobson. <laughs> yeah. Let's Jill, hey Jill Jacobson. Jacobson. She's a Jacobson. Okay. Uh, speaking of Jill Jacobson, let's get to the the scene where Garrick is fitting Odo for a new suit. It's in, uh, in carrying wool. It's itchy. Odo doesn't like it, but he's it's like... It's the Incarian wool. You'll get used to it. He will? I don't think he will. He has very smooth skin. I don't think he was smart <laughs> with his choice of of um, clothing. Okay, can I get us a... This, this scene... He says, okay, now that you've done your job, now it's time to do mine. Time to take you to jail, right? So is like Garrick out on bail here? He's under supervision of the um, of his jailer. They're like, okay, we're going to throw you in a holding cell for six. He's getting six months in, in the slammer, Jeff. And, mm -hmm. but, but, he's got, but first, we need you to get him a new suit. Even more importantly, has Odo been naked the entire time? Yes. <laughs> Boy, he was wearing that, those hospital scrubs and the, the he had a certain dominance on the promenade so it was just... <laughs> what does Odo do like if they had had like Odo trying to figure out how to go to the bathroom and stuff I think that would have been gold uh, <laughs> but they didn't do that <laughs> yeah, three seashells. Um, yeah, like the first time he has to take a dump. What is that yeah. like for him? Well, he does at some point talk about how unpleasant the digestive process, right. process yeah. is. Right. Yeah, there's a bit of a time jump in the next episode. That's yeah. in the next. So, in the yeah. next episode. Yeah. Well, yeah. He doesn't have anything to eat yet. So, like, how does he know he's hungry? How does he know he's not? I don't know. Like, Do queasy. Do you is he like a baby where they like try to figure out what it's like? He starts crying wrong. until someone tries all the things. <laughs> <laughs> Put a blanket on him, feed him, change his diaper. Do you guys think it was a mistake that now he's a solid? Do you think that they should have done something with his makeup or made him look more less like Odo? Yes. Yeah, they should have I given know. him a season off. Of getting the makeup put on, and look, yeah. he should have looked like just like Renee Overshaw. Yeah, yeah. Save that money, but there there must have been a, a reason they did it. Like, um, because I think they didn't because he's like I think he's Odo's the character. Like, if they had yeah. done that, like with Data, for instance, right? And like 
all of a sudden Dana just was like the like flesh tone and was like Brent Spiner. I think everyone went, well, that's not Dana. Like imagine if all no. of a sudden uh, Jonathan Frakes had a beard. Wait, he did. Uh, like so, like, but I think that tested well. You know what? They probably tested it, and that was the reason why. He showed up to the first day of shooting of season two with the beard. He was going to shave it, and the producers were like, "Actually, we like it. Keep it." Yeah, I know, I know, I know that. But like the 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 thing with um, I guess the syndicated TV show, what they were trying to go for at this time was like you have to keep people static. You have yeah. to like you, that's why like these out their outfits don't change very much. Maybe mm-hmm. more in Deep Space Nine than any of the other shows, but largely. They look the same through all these seasons because they they want you to watch the episode without having to worry. What season is this? Where does it fit into the order? DC yeah, Nine throws that out. Yeah, know, it's but. the one the one series where it's like you should know what season it is. You should know what episode because it's so serial. Yes, but I think like I think those are just like notes that come down from like Rick Berman and those guys at the top at the time, and they're like uh, costume change, makeup change to Rene Aubergenois. I'm not proving that. You go, you, yeah, yeah, he's a human, but he still has to look like he normally does. Um, or they got the note that is like, hey, we're gonna save about you know twenty thousand next season by um, not having him makeup. Can we refund, uh, take that uh, money and use it for something else? No, man. If you if you're gonna save that money, we'll pocket it. It's like no, 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 no. Okay, we're gonna use it then. We're gonna use it. They might have done it if he was gonna be human for the rest of the show, but knowing that they were gonna change him back to a changeling, they weren't gonna have him different for that middle season. But yeah. like, like, I do think like every time you see him from now on until he becomes a changeling again, you're like, well, like. I don't even like remember until they bring it up. Oh yeah, right, he's a human. Yeah, but they you know, always like, bring it up just to make sure you know. Yeah. Right. They <laughs> go out of, you're right, they do. They go out of their way to tell you. Um Okay. Uh all right. So yeah, so then he's uh we get the Jill Jacobs in the middle of it all, and she goes, Hey, you know, remember when I shook your hand and gave you that disease? Um Garrett you know, did, she didn't <laughs> give him a disease, Jeff. She's, she's not. Look at her. She wants she to give him an STD, work. maybe. Yeah. yeah, she could give him a disease now. Yeah. Right. <laughs> she, not she's like, I'm discount. purposely going to be strutting my stuff, and she's like, arcs her back as she turns. She's like, check out the merchandise. Oh yeah, she does. She there's a turn here. I gotta pull it up. Sorry, it takes a second for them to. She, he's like, hey, he's into her. He was interested. Hmm. Well, yeah, nah, not really. I agree. I agree. I agree, Ashley. I don't think she's Kinda into him. Like uh, into her. I, I yeah, here it is. This is a walk away move here. Do you you missed bef- what happens in between that, but yes. <sighs> Can I never win? No, I'm not telling you to go look at it, <laughs> it up. I'm just saying. <laughs> Ashley, I agree. I think the the more interesting part is that one, she's into him, and two. She's similar enough to Kira and the right. thought that he has to think about now. Because before he kind of separated that, now right. he has to start thinking of that aspect of his humanoid self. Right. He could actually be with Kira now and give Kira what she wants. And, you know. <laughs> <laughs> give her what she wants. Well, I don't think he felt like he could before. 
Um, he could never connect with her. He was different. He was, you know, and then he kind of says here at the end of this episode with Cisco, like, I can never rejoin the league. All I have that was my job. And like Cisco's like, Yeah, but you're you're pretty good at your job. I mean, when notwithstanding when you let people die on my station. But other <laughs> than that, you do you're a pretty damn good cold case guy, Odo. He's a good gold case. I I love this quote. You're the best law enforcement officer in this sector. Maybe the whole damn quadrant. Maybe. (laughs) Inaccurate. Inaccurate. I think Worf's a better law enforcement officer. For sure. Eh. (laughs) Maybe. That's a great debate nine. Who is a better law enforcement officer? Odo or or Worf. Next time on Debate Nine, let's do it now. No, no. <laughs> you have thirty seconds. Go. Um, yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. So then we get the cliffhanger for season four here at the end, where Garon is talking about he has no choice to go. Uh, he's on the the screen. He has no choice but to go into Arcanus Four or whatever sector, and uh, you going know, into who's what? He's going into the Arcanus is. Arcanus four? They're just, they're just gonna gently glide in. They're going in. Oh geez. Uh, don't you, you resist us going in any way. Power. There will be war. Going on warp. That would hurt. And then Odo figures out, oh, I was in the Great Lincoln. That guy thrusters only. Sorry, Jeff. No, no worries. Uh just <laughs> Odo. Do not resist us. Um, yeah, so no, we have here that basically a war is coming with the Klingons, but then Odo figures out that Garon is actually changing, but he's not. He's actually wrong. But that doesn't matter because it sets them on their mission to go figure out who actually is the changeling. They were trying Fine. to hide the names and faces of specific peoples. He was one of those names. He was one of those faces. But he was great. It was a great cliffhanger. It was yeah. a great cliffhanger because, yeah, this is the end of the season. It's going to be months until, even though they will film uh, the episode that comes after this apocalypse now. Or apocalypse, no, not apocalypse rising. Apocalypse now is a movie. Apocalypse rising, uh, right after this. Like they don't, they don't wrap the season at this point. They they film the other episode that comes after this, uh, and then they go on break. I think they've like okay. I know I'm spoiling the next episode, but the fact that it's not Gavron makes you think like, what the hell does Odo know? Because they they incepted him. Yeah, they was yeah, they, uh, this was, they, they wanted him to think that Gowron was the changeling when it was really Martok. Oh, they went down three levels. So they, yes. But yeah, they, they wanted also... them to assassinate Gowron. Yeah. And then oh, Martok would have taken over. Martok would take over. Yeah. Oh, that was the whole plan. Oh, I see. Okay. So Odo, you know, I guess that is. I mean, he had how many? Cha- There's a lot of changelings, and they're all working against him for the most part. So that must be tough. It's like uh, that's that hurt me, dude. Are you gonna get judged? You know that hurt my feelings. Should count. Should count. Okay, I think that's it here for season four. But we need to get to some double F. All right. All right, double F with Jeff coming at you. Broken link a thruster is power. a little thruster power, a little you know, smooth seal action. Okay, Broken Link is unique for a Star Trek season finale as the story for the episode came from a freelance writer. That's very strange. George A. Brozak rather than the writing team. So just some random dude said, hey, wouldn't it be a good idea if Odo 
you know, had to go, got a disease and had to go to, like, how did this happen? Like, who, what random guy was like, hey, like, I got an idea. I mean, I guess, should I just write a script for like a random show I like and send it in and maybe they'll use it? I think it might work. I think, it, I think this proves that George A. Brozak proved it. Okay. <laughs> Um, reportedly, a German dubbed version mistranslated two crucial lines with hilarious results. You're going to want to hear this. Who's Odo, that? Yeah, that was one of them. Odo to Dr. Bashir during a physical exam says, quote, you don't know enough about our physiology, end quote. And that became, quote, you don't know enough about our philosophy, <laughs> end quote. And Klingon Chancellor Garon says, Quote, our claim to Arcanus is indisputable. End quote. Which became our claim to claim Arcanus to is what now? Our, our, our claim to Arcanus is inscrutable. I think he says like uh ancient is what he says or something like that. Yeah. Um inscrutable in English has the de- dictionary definition of impossible to understand or interpret. <laughs> what? <laughs> It's inconceivable. So it's inconceivable. You don't even understand why we have a claim to Arcanus. <laughs> okay. Uh, the comment Garrick makes about Shalan Arroyo's dress is, quote, a thing of beauty is a joy forever, end quote, is from book one of End Endymion by John Keats, who is also mentioned in The Muse. Oh, okay. So it's the fake character that they came up i get it okay um leslie they mentioned bevis, in bad episodes yeah <laughs> leslie bevis's character is finally named in the script for this episode rionage and then bevis, she's never seen again right bevis uh, bevis previously appeared in the homecoming and the abandoned as previously mentioned um Salome Jens, who plays the female changeling, previously appeared as the ancient humanoid in a Next Generation episode, The Chase. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. that the one that they sowed the seeds of all the humanoids. Um, Sirok Lofton does not appear in this episode. This is the only season finale he does not appear in. Jake! Jago! Jago! Uh, yeah. He wasn't needed. Yeah, if they didn't, if they weren't able to get Garrick to appear, he would have been the bedside um, um, accomplice for Odo. It's Jake. Stories. Jake Cisco, remember me? <laughs> I, I don't remember you sometimes, Jake. I forget you're on this show. Um, okay, in this episode, Odo is officially disgraced and rejected by his people, making him the fourth regular character alienated from his race as punishment. The other three being Worf. In the way of the warrior, Quark in body parts, and Garrick prior to the start of the series. Well, yeah, I was thinking, I was like, who's the fourth? Okay, Garrick, I guess. But yeah, yeah like the, the fact that they did this to Quark in the episode that came right before this, <laughs> and they did this to Worf, even though they had already done this to Worf in like Next Gen, they do it to him again for D Space Nine, um, and it's the same season as this. They love doing this. Is it? But is it effective? Is it? Does it work? I guess it does, right? Like it's... it works in the episode, but not in like the series. I think I the know. Wharf one works to show how erratic Gowron is. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Why didn't man? They should have did to Cisco. 
Um, Cisco does kind of get it at some point from the Bajorans, though. Oh, I was gonna say from his his father. No, from his father too. Yeah. Um, Odo's <laughs> final pose on the rocky island is reminiscent of Michelangelo's painting of Adam on the ceiling of the Sistine Chapel. Yep. That's how, that is really funny. That was a good call there, Jamil. Um, Kevin. Kevin said it. Oh, did Kevin? All right. Sorry. Kevin. Um, I, I thought you were going to say something like that pose took like 47 takes. <laughs> <laughs> All I could notice is nobody wanted to look at his junk. So I, I you know. Except okay. for Salome Jen. Except for Salome Jen's. Uh, okay. Uh, after Odo is turned into a humanoid, he's confused to experience hunger for the first time. A very similar scene occurs in Deja Q in the next gen episode, uh, in which Q, recently condemned to being human, has also has trouble understanding his first pangs of hunger. Yeah. So I guess I guess Odo and Q are kind of similar. Uh, okay. After Odo is returned to Cisco and Bashir on the Founder's homeworld, he assumes the same posture as the from Michelangelo's um, creation of Adam. As they beam up, he points at the Founder, who is in the same position as God in the painting, perhaps foreshadowing the revelation that just as the Founders created Odo as a man, they were the progenitor race of all humanoids. Yeah, so they they are superior. I guess I guess that's what they're trying to you know say. Um, okay. Uh, this episode is a sequel of sorts to the third season finale, The Adversary, insofar as it is here that Odo receives his punishment for killing a fellow Changeling in that episode. He regains his ship shaped ability in the fifth season episode, The Begotten. So we'll get to that. Uh, okay, a couple more. When Garrick confronts the female Changeling as to how many Cardassians survived the attack on the Dominion, she responds with a cold, firm threat They're dead. You're dead. Cardassia is dead. This would foreshadow the founders' uh, resolve to mass exterminate the population on Cardassia in the series finale. Which, yeah, I always forget about that they 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 really don't like the Cardassians. Uh, she, yeah, she goes kill all the Cardassians. He goes which Cardassians? And she goes all of all them. Of kill them. <laughs> <laughs> I told that boy on that ship many years ago we were going to kill them all. <laughs> well, it was all for the the fact that an Auburn planned that attack on her, their home world i think was like that's where the hatred comes from it was also the romulans don't forget they were involved too yeah she doesn't seem to hate them as much uh, no, she doesn't like them either right. she hates it. Uh, they hate they hate all the solids they don't care which faction they're from they're all the same to them and they're all need, they all need to be put in their place as far as the founders are concerned or die except the Jem'Hadar and the vorta which they created so yeah and even them they in their place yeah right they, Exactly. Okay, and finally, final double F. Odo guesses that Garrick, years earlier, murdered a Romulan dignitary and made it look like an accident. Later on in the series, Garrick would do that exact thing to another Romulan. It's a fake! Senator <laughs> <laughs> <of> Vreenak. <laughs> okay, and that is it. Let's move it on over to ratings, Dave. All right, over to ratings. All right. Um, what's this episode called? Broken Link? Orc and Link. I think uh, the Swedish chef wrote it. Yes. <laughs> orc, 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 orc. <laughs> uh, Jeff, you want to give us a rating? Um, give this about an eight. I think that's what it deserves. Oh, I'm going to go uh, eight. 
Nine. Just a nine. Seven. Uh, eight. Well, y'all like this a lot more than I do. <laughs> I'm gonna do this one a seven. <laughs> Commander. Wow. Commander. 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 <laughs> um, I'm just trying to get to the IMDb rating because I hadn't looked it up yet. I was slacking. Um, oh, it's, it's an 8.3. Uh, 8.3 8. 8. with 1,600 votes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and as we mentioned, this is directed by Les Landau. Uh, story by that random guy, George, what's his name? Shot a shot. Way to go. Did it? He figured it out. He's like, "What if they made Odo a solid?" Actually, it's a good idea. And the teleplay by these two, and uh, this aired June seventeenth, ninety six. Where you? Where were you, Jeff? Ninety six. Uh, I was. I don't know. Probably sitting on a couch. It was. Oh uh, no! It was, no, probably wasn't. It's probably working. Uh, at school. Seven years old. You know, doing my thing. Doing your thing. Uh, um, this time of night. This time of night. Um, so Jeff, season four is over. Uh, Let's get season. To... So yeah, what was our overall rank here? Oh, seven point eight. It's not much good. better than season three. Who liked you liked it the most, Dave? You were a very big fan. You were in the eights. I was. I like because I like Star Trek. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I gave a lot of tens, but I think my the muse brought my score down a lot. Yeah. Well, yeah, this this big zero? zero you have here, uh, we should hold just so we don't forget. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that like, yeah you deserved every bit of it. See, the thing is, Dave, oh, yeah. the the lowest score you I think you even gave in this season was a four point four, and that that's a two. Oh, no, I gave it two. two. I gave yeah, a two session. Out. See, like. And someone gave it a seven, like Kevin. So and and okay. Evan both liked the session. I didn't like it. Well, that's a good it's one. Terrible. It's the shattered mirror that's the, the the clunker in this season. I think I was fairly consistent. Yeah, me too. I'm like kind of. I think I'm at a seven and a half for the season. Jamil's at seven point six. Well, Ashley's all of our all on average, we were all higher on season four than we were on season three. Uh, but just. I think season five and six are going to be over eight for most of yeah. us. Season yeah. five is my favorite season. Yeah, I think season five is going to be good because guess what happens in season five? New uniforms. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, that, that's how you know it's good. Uh, but yeah, so thank you all for joining us here for season four of DC's 99 ish. Dave, what do we have coming up here on Live Long and Podcast and also Super Mater Bros podcasting? We also have trivial debates. There's yeah, all those. Going. Uh, we're busy. Uh, on Mondays, we talk about Star Trek Enterprise. Um, and we've been talking, you know, right, Kevin? We were on that. Yeah. And uh, you want to know about Star Trek Enterprise? Watch that on Monday nights with us. Uh, uh, Gavin's off in the comments trying to convince us this is better than it is. Uh, yeah. But it's, you know, it's all good. Uh, we talk of, is that what huh? I'm doing? No. That's what I'm doing? Uh, <laughs> that's more speaking the truth. Yeah. Uh, it's good. To it's bacteria. Good. Um, and then on, uh, what else do we got going on? Uh, Thursday, we're going to be talking about Star Trek Prodigy. Uh, the new episode seven, I guess it's going to be for this first season. I don't know if you guys have been checking it out, but I would recommend it. It'd be hard to top that last one. 
It's gonna be so glad we talk about that with Davin and Jessica Chan this Thursday. We also have Star Trek Radio Theater, which is on hiatus right now, just because I'm not well. I meant to edit this weekend, but this will be edited. The Star Trek First Contact, and uh, we'll get to it when you get to it. I'll Don't get worry. to it when I get to it, guys. This is how it's gonna go. The live version is still available. It's Check still that there. It's still time. there. And then uh, Super Mater Brothers podcasting. We got all kinds of stuff going on. Not right now, but we will. Um, you know, we got a uh, big brother celebrity coming in the new year here. Well, that's mm-hmm. exciting. Yeah, Who's exciting. playing? Do we know? We don't know. We don't know yet. We know Julie Chen uh-huh. will be involved. Um, and uh, right. a new season of Survivor coming up in March. We're gonna probably talk about that. New season of Big Brother Canada coming in March, presumably. Um, and then uh, Big Brother USA. And in the, in, in the, also, we talk about the next Marvel uh property to continue our MCU coverage, which will probably be um, Doctor Strange, right? In May, unless they release um, a TV series before then, but um, I don't think so. April, I think Mando is done, possibly. I'm not sure. The yeah. Bo- Boba Fett or whatever the thing is called, I don't know. Yeah, Boba Fett is a gangster guy. And then, um, yeah, and then Trivial Debates, our monthly show where we argue about movies, TV, sports. Uh, Davin will be hosting the January 2022 edition, just kick off season five of Trivial Debates. So check that out. And then also check out Davin's podcast, Locutors of Trek. I'm going to be on that tomorrow night to do the trivia. I, is, uh, is Ashley Assuming you're still it? alive. Assuming I can make it, yeah. Commander. <laughs> Commander. Commander. <laughs> Got a new host, Ashley. Ashley. Other direction. Other direction. You have to go. <laughs> it's backwards. Yeah. Kevin's head here. Uh, you should also check out uh, um, uh, Davin's X Men podcast, X Rated, uh, where he talks about X Men the animated series. I watched that episode this morning, the one you talked about today, the Colossus one. Yeah, yeah. Tuesday. Uh, Enter the Juggernaut. Now, yeah, into the Juggernaut. The yeah. Unstoppable Juggernaut. Yes. yes. You know mutant. He, he's no mutant. Fireworks. <laughs> yeah. Watch out! Watch out, Juggernaut! Here comes Jubilee. Baby cuddles again. <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, so uh, all those great things. Check those things out, uh, and that's about as much energy as I have left. So, okay. Thanks, Dave. Thank you for that. Uh, be sure to catch all those great shows that we have here. Uh, did we mention Locutors of Trek? Yeah. And uh, don't forget, let's talk about fighting games. Check it okay. on Spotify. Right. Don't about it. We don't forget about that. Uh, so all of for all of us here at uh, DC Ninety Nine. Thank you for joining us here on season four. We will say. See you at the crossroads. Bone, 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 bone. And if we can, okay. Come now, Mr. Worf. You're a Klingon. Don't tell me you'd object to a little genocide in the name of self-defense. Oh, thank you.